welcome to the show, Mary Jane. I appreciate it. That's okay. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and you're all the way in wonderful Australia. Yes, all the way in Adelaide. And it's morning for you, and it's night for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like 8.40 in the morning here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's so funny to me. Now, I love it. How much, um, how much clean time do you have? I'm six months as of like two days ago. Congratulations on six months. Thank you. Is that the most time you've ever had? Yeah, oh, kind of. I, um, you know, over the last like 12 years, I, um, the only time I'd been clean is when I was pregnant. Um, so I was clean whilst pregnant. And then as soon as I had my kids, I picked up again. So this is my first time clean, like on my own will. Oh, okay. So why did you stop this time? Um, so I pretty much hit rock bottom and I ended up in jail. Um, and yeah, that sort of is where it all began. Um, yeah, that, that horrible moment of being arrested and realizing I was at rock bottom and realizing that, you know, I just nothing I was doing in my life was good for me or for my kids and I had to change. So can I ask like what what happened when you got arrested? Like what did you have drugs on you? What were you doing? So, you know, thankfully in a way, I um, you know, over the last twelve years I, you know, had been ongoing selling drugs. Um, you know, and having two kids in my care, I'm so thankful that, you know, that isn't what ended up getting me arrested, you know, because I definitely would have lost care of my kids. Um, you know, at the time I was so down and depressed and I was so sad and, you know, not that this is an excuse, but, you know, my drug use led me to do some really disgusting behaviour and I started, you know, I just had no excitement or happiness in my life and, you know, I started doing things that were bringing adrenaline to my life but in the wrong areas. Um, you know, one morning I really disgustingly, um, I broke in the house across the road from my own house you know, and it breaks my heart because, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, my kids were home with me, with a friend, you know, they were asleep, and, you know, mum's just off breaking in the house across the road, and I, um, one of the neighbours seen it, um, and called the police, and I was arrested inside the house, um, you know, my kids woke up to the house being raided, mum being arrested, and, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty awful situation, and I, um, you know, most people that don't have a criminal history normally would get bail, um, and I didn't. I didn't get bail, and I I went to jail, and it took me a couple of weeks to be able to get home debail. So I'm still on home debail now, um, which is coming off soon. But yeah, that's sort of what led me to, you know, hit rock bottom. I just remember being in the watch house, um, you know, and that's where you go before they say, you know, you're going to go to jail or not. Um, and I remember just being on the watch house floor, literally just on the floor praying, crying. You know, I really hit rock bottom and I just prayed to my higher power. I never prayed before this, you know. I never was the sort to, you know, I just, I fucking, I really was at rock bottom. And I prayed my little heart out and I said, you know, God, please just help me. Help me get through this. Help me get back with my kids, you know, and I didn't get bail. And I was sort of like, okay, clearly there's no higher power in my life, <laughs> you know, you know. Um, and at the time I was pretty devastated. And then, you know, as the weeks went on every week, I was just praying my heart out, you know, and I kept saying, please just help me get out of this. Please help me get out of this. You know, and it's not till now 
that I realized that my higher power was so there. You know, if I fucking got left out, if I got put out on home date, if I got put out on bail that day, I wouldn't have got clean. You know, I needed to go to jail to detox. I needed to stay in jail to stay in there long enough to cut ties with all the people outside. You know, I needed to be in there enough to get a fucking reality check. You know, sorry for my story. No, a reality you check. You know, I needed to stay in there to get a reality check. And, you know, just over those couple of weeks of being in there, I realized that, you know, I can do this. You know, like, it's pretty sad that when I went to jail, you know, my life was so chaotic and so unmanageable that when I went to jail, it was so homey. You know, and I, <laughs> I know it probably makes no sense, but like just having that structure, routine, daily foods, it was so homey and it was so easy to detox in there. You know, I tried That's detox. Why rehabs. That's why rehab, yeah. like, you know, it's the same thing, you know. You yeah, have but- self-care, you have to, you know, make sure your shit's clean, make sure you get a shower, brush your teeth. Exactly. And you know, like the only thing that really worked for me is, like, you know, I'd done detox centers before, but they weren't long enough. You know, this place, I had to stay there, you know, and on like at detox centers and stuff, you know, you still got the computer, you still got internet, you know, and that's that, that did not help in my favor when I went to a detox center. No, yeah, I never had, when I went to rehab, we didn't have, you didn't have our phones. We had to turn that shit in. We could, we could look at our phones for a half an hour, twice a day and like, well, and- with supervision and we couldn't yeah, text. Yeah. we had to only scroll like if they saw us texting it was a problem like you oh, have to really? just be scrolling yeah they were watching us too yeah yeah well see it was so different in the detox center here you know and I still you know even at the detox center here you know I remember contacting someone and saying okay I fucking I need to stay here but I can't do this how about if you go buy a packet of chips put some drugs in the chips for me and a pipe and a lighter and then we're going to seal the top with you know one of those um you know those things that you can seal things with you know yeah yeah it. And i said can you fucking bring it to the front desk and just say you got some munchies for me you know to bring it into the detox center like you know that's how my detox center you know that, that's how my experience went it wasn't a very helpful mm. situation for me so <laughs> when There's i went some to rehabs i have heard of people in rehabs though that were able to use their phones in rehabs and i was like really like that's not that yeah. seems like really counterproductive yeah it's like what's the point of going you know yeah. um so when i went to jail that really helped me with that it really cut off the you know there was no way in hell i was going to be using um you know and it, it was amount the perfect amount of time and you know i'm blessed to be out on bail on home day as well because I think that's another god job you know I see it as a god job because you know it's helped me get through the six these six months clean and in about a week's time I'm coming off home detention um so you know that's going to be the next tester for me but I think you know over the last few months I've been given the life skills and I understand how to cope with my recovery now you know I have things in place where I feel more confident that I won't relapse um you know so I feel like everything that's really has happened for a reason for me well, was your drug of choice when you were out there, like heroin? Nah, so it was meth and coke. Meth and coke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, um, you know, after using for so long, just the gear wasn't really doing it, you know, so I was still using it, but then, you know, every morning I was waking up having lines of coke, you know, it was just disgusting behavior, like, you know, I just... When did it start? When did the behavior start? Like, how old were you? Um, so I was about 15 years old. Um, I started, you know, just dipping in with pills and, you know, experimenting with that sort of stuff. And then, you know, my first ever partner, he actually passed away. 
and um, you know that was in the mix of using pills and stuff and just being at such a young age and not having those life skills, not knowing how to deal with that situation. You know, it just, I started using pills more and it increased. Um, and then, you know, by the age of like 17, I was heavily using and selling gear, mixing around with bikies. And, you know, it went from just started off with pills and then went to extreme in such a quick amount of time. Um, when you say mix it with bike, is that like um, bikers? Is that what you call like biker gangs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, are they the ones that like have the meth or in your country too? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, like, yeah, so I pretty much had like, you know, the amount of supply I needed, you know, and it just was a really, really rough crowd to sort of get involved in at such a young age. When did that boyfriend die? Uh, when I was 15. Oh, so you had started seeing him, and then did he overdose, like with you? Yeah. So he had not. So he actually had an asthma attack. Yeah. Is that was that correlated, or no? Is that just freak accident? I think just freak accident. It hasn't really been said yet. Oh, okay. But you yeah. know, that was that your first time dealing with like grief in your life, like yeah, real grief. Yeah, I never had anybody really pass away <clears throat> that was um, you know, that close to me at that point. Um, yeah, it was a horrible experience to go through. Oh, I Especially know. Especially at some age. Yeah. You know, it's your best yeah. ever love, you know, like when it's your first love and any sort of separation is hard, but when they're literally just taken from you, mm -hmm. um, I don't think anyone really knows how to cope with that. Now, did you see addiction at all growing up? Pardon? Did you see addiction at all growing no, up? No, no way. Nah, my parents straight to 180s, um, never had that around me. Um, yeah, none at all. Okay, and do you have any siblings? Yeah, so my dad has a few kids, um, so I didn't really have anything to do with them. Yeah, I live with my mum and my stepdad, um, and was pretty much just raised as an only child. It wasn't until I was, like, 18, um, when my drug use had just gotten that bad, you know, my stepsister was, like, my half-sister was like, I'm coming to get you you know, what are you doing with your life? And she literally drove um, into a different state, drove down, picked me up and like brought me back to her house. Um, you know, and that's when I first tried to get clean. Um, and that's when I fell pregnant with my eldest daughter. Um, Did you already know you were pregnant when your sister came and got you? No, not. So I literally was like clean for a week. And then um, I met this guy and I fell pregnant. Um, I like that yeah. you guys you guys say fell pregnant. I haven't heard that expression. It must be an Australian thing. <laughs> like fell pregnant. It's like I fell over. I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah, no, we fell pregnant. <laughs> we fell pregnant. So, you know, I was only eighteen and it was really hard because, you know, just getting off the drugs, um, being so young, having these pregnancy hormones, it was really like I didn't really deal with my my addiction. You know, I just felt pregnant so I just got clean <laughs> so you were um, clean those nine months yeah well she came early so yeah I was clean for yeah about six to nine months um yeah and it didn't take me long after that until I picked up again yeah what's what do you what, what do you mean by not long after that like months or years days uh, months yeah a couple months after that um, after, you know, because I breastfed for a while and stuff like that. And then after I finished breastfeeding, you know, it didn't go every day again. But, you know, when my the guy I was with at the time, you know, didn't know about it on weekends and stuff. You know, when I'd go out, I would pick up on weekends. And it was sort of was just like a closety thing for a while. And then, um, yeah, then we separated. And when we separated, I went 
like full tilt again. Um, and then like we had just like a one night thing and I fell pregnant again. Um, yeah, fell pregnant. You gotta watch um, these but, stairs. I know, I know. Um, yeah, I fell pregnant with my son and then, um, yeah, so I had that pregnancy. We tried to make it work. Um, I stayed clean throughout his pregnancy again. And then, um, yeah, we separated again. Um, and then, you know, like we had this massive hailstorm come through our town and wipe pretty much our whole entire town out really. And, um, this guy that was came down to repair my roof, he literally fell through my roof. And like, as he fell through my roof, he fell through my roof with a $90,000 debt. Um, you know, and this guy, I just fell head over heels for him. You know, I saw a future with him and, you know, he owed all this money. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to put myself and my kids at that risk. So let's just put us at the risk of, you know, selling more drugs to get rid of that debt. Um, which was the worst thing I ever done in my life. Um, you know, before that I was just dibbling and dabbling with drugs. But then I went full tilt back into the same sort of scene again. And, um, you know, that led us to be home invaded. You know, my daughter was quite traumatized with that. You know, there was guns involved and um, that was a really hard experience to deal with. Um, Wait, you, and, hey, let's not skip over that real fast. The home, you got home invaded by the police? No, no, by other people. Um, yeah, just some junkies that were in the town and yeah. Um, yeah, they came in with guns and it was really, really traumatizing. Um, they were quite brutal about everything, so that was really hard to deal with. Um, you know, it sucked that that happened. Um, Did you, you give know, them you, the drugs? Yeah, yeah, I just, I gave them everything. I gave them all the money. I gave them all the drugs. I said, just take it. Well, I don't how, care. Can I, how do you remember how much it was? About, there was about, only about three or four ounces and I think about maybe six grand. I mean, still, so that's, that's, yeah, that's a lot, though. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. three or four ounces still, that's, you know, that's some money yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what your street prices are in Australia, but I'm pretty sure somebody told me that it's like 60 bucks a gram on average. Like, uh, it's about ten and a half thousand dollars for an ounce here. So almost 11 grand for an ounce at the moment, apparently. So, wow. yeah. 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 So. It's a little bit of yeah. money that got taken, you know. Yeah, you know, but at the time I was like, I didn't care about the money. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, you have kids. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted my daughter out of the situation so badly. You know, it was, it was quite hard on her and me. And you know, you think something like that though would push you to stop using, but you know, after all those years of not dealing with my own emotions and not dealing with life experiences, it just led me to use more. You know, I just, I couldn't cope you with the situation. You had nothing to, yeah, you had no kind of, yeah, foundation to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. So I literally just, like, <coughs> using some of that. Um, you know, and then after that, things just got a pretty crazy. You know, the relationships with that person got really abusive. Um, we got raided by the police. Um, you know, and I'm thankful that there was nothing in the house at the time. Um yeah, so it, it did get pretty bad, and then I ended up, after about a year of that relationship, you know, and things just getting so bad, the police getting so involved in our life and stuff like that, you know, I was at a point where I just wanted to stop. Um, 
So, you know, I thought packing up and moving back to the town where I originally came from would be the answers to stopping, um, you know, and that's where it all began. So I don't know what I was thinking there. But, you know, I thought going back to my family, going back to my mum, you know, having that support might help. Um, you know, so I moved back to Adelaide and, you know, did for a couple months, um, maybe like two or three months, you know, I, I tried to stop that scene and, yeah, that, that fucked up. Um, yeah, as, as a, you know, I think we all probably know it would have, you know, going back to the town where it began um, was pretty silly. Now, um, did you look like you were, like, addicted to drugs at the time? Because, like, right now I'm looking at you like, you know, you look like you're sober. You know what uh, I mean? I was literally like skin bones, walking dead, gray skin. Um, yeah, we definitely, I will have to show you a before and after photo, I think. Because, yeah, I think it's, yeah. I was yeah, 38 could, kilos. What is that? I'm not, you know, well, I'm American, so we have no yeah. idea what that means. <laughs> I have no idea how to do it. I, know, I don't know. But, like, so I put it this way. I'm, like, 54 kilos now. And okay. I was 38 kilos then. Okay. Wow. So, Yeah. So yeah. I um wait like I know I, wait I gotta do this yeah <laughs> I I talked I talked to a girl the other day that was down to seventy pounds um before she got sober you were eighty three pounds okay yeah. so that's yeah. what that is wow okay yeah so um I was yeah thirty thirty around thirty eight kilos it's probably and gonna then- be similar wait where is it I'll just I'll put it up here where is it here it is um yeah yeah very similar yeah 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 if you could send it over and then i'll have it pop up yeah <laughs> into the it. episode yeah because the yeah. before and afters always seem to get more views because people are like what in there yeah it's such you know? a different yeah yeah i i was literally so sick you know like i was so tired i was so exhausted you know, I was just making sloppy mistakes as a parent, as a person, you know, I just, my kid, like, I was just so exhausted, you know, it's so stupid, like, I would stay up all night, I would be awake all morning, and still couldn't get my kids to school on time, you know, like, I just, like, there was no concept of time, though, probably, no, you know, there wasn't, like, I would be up all night, all morning, and I'd have my kids up at seven o'clock, but my kids still wouldn't be getting to school until, like, 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, like, it was just a very, and, you know, now the thought of that, like, just the other day, I had an, um, a bit of a situation, you know, and I, um, my daughter was having her first play date, you know, and for me, that was a really big thing, because I've never been a parent where, you know, I should be left with my own kids, let alone other kids, um, so for the fact that you know, this mum was trusting me, you know, her daughter was coming over for a play. I was so excited. My daughter just wanted it to go so perfectly, you know, and it's about half an hour before I have to get the kids from school. And I realized I left my car key in my mum's car, you know, so that meant I got no car and no car seats. And I was like, okay, I'll just get an Uber. Well, I've got no car seats. And I was like, fuck, you know, and just that sickening feeling, because that was the sort of behavior that used to happen in addiction. Yeah. You know, it just everything would go wrong. You know, and, every, you know, and just, it was such an important day. You start having a panic attack? Yeah. yeah but, you know, I think I, I needed that to happen. I seriously needed it to happen to remind me of what it was like in active addiction and how bad that was. You know, I, I needed yeah. to remember how it felt to let my kids down. I needed to remember how it felt to 
be so disorganized or be almost running late to school the amount of times I would call that office and say I'm just gonna be a few minutes late you know and that's a feeling of having to do that again almost like it just it kicked my butt back into gear and made me realize like fucking hold on wait a minute that's not a feeling I want to have again anytime soon that's for sure <coughs> yeah yeah I um I remember the first time I had a panic attack because I was like I felt like I was doing an old behavior when I wasn't even trying to you know yeah. and it was it was all my one year it was like one year and one day sober and <laughs> I you know I'm from the East Coast, you know, by like Philadelphia. I grew up minutes from Philadelphia on the East Coast in New Jersey. Yeah. But I got yeah. sober in California in Los Angeles. I yeah. went to a rehab that, you know, teaches how to use THC as a medicine and you change your relationship and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I went out there after a 10 year, you know, addiction to opiates, you know, with yeah. um, oxycodone thirties mostly for 10 years. And so I wanted to celebrate. I was there for four months and sober living and all that. And I was back and I'm still doing good. But I wanted to do my one year celebration with my friends in AA out there. Yeah, I I went out there for my one year and did all like the chips and all that. They called birthday cakes and they give they literally birthday cakes, you know. We do that here too. Yeah, Yeah. they whole big deal like Pennsylvania. They give out chips and they're like, all right, well, sit down. So, you know, but in L.A., they're like make a whole big deal, blow out a candle and all that shit. Yes. Or the really, the really cheap meetings where they can't afford a candle, you just hold the lighter up and then you just blow yeah. it. <laughs> you know, that was a really cheap meeting at 11 o'clock at night. Um, at yeah. late night, we didn't have the money for a cake. Um, but anyway, I did all that and I was hanging out with my buddy because I was just like crashing at his house, you know, his apartment yeah. that I knew him from rehab and he had his own place now. And he was at work and I was trying to find something to do during the day. And I was yeah. sitting in the parking lot of his work, which is a grocery store. And I just like got all these feelings of like, I used to sit in parking lots for hours. Yes. For like McDonald's. Yeah. Like I would just sit in Walmart. Car washes. Yeah. Car washes. That's a good one. No, I didn't think of car washes. <laughs> no, I, I hung out like in busy parking lots where cars were yeah. constantly in and out. Like, McDonald's especially, but grocery stores, no one's paying attention. They go right in, they do their shit, they pack up their car and they go. So I just felt, I just started having a panic attack. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was supposed to be there for another four days. Nope. I went right to LAX and I got on the next flight back to Philly. Yeah. I I changed my flights around. I had to go to San Francisco, then take the red eye. And I didn't (laughs) care. I just needed to get back and out of that parking lot. And if that meant going back home. And so yeah. be it. Like yeah. I just, it's I a, felt it's not a nice feeling to sit with at all. No, now it's easier, you know, to deal with the crate. Not, I wouldn't even call them cravings. It's just reminders, you know. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, our brain is like a muscle, you know, that yeah. that needs to be worked out. And yeah. it's just a muscle that you don't see, like a bicep or something like that, because yeah. you know, the more you get better at handling something it strengthens yeah. your mind so yeah. that you know that next time it happens is easier to go through yeah you know, whenever you agree. like I always say sit in the shit like <laughs> you know like I run this meeting center and that's you know a popular phrase around here is you got to sit yeah. in the shit. yeah you know? <laughs> because you will feel better next time it comes around again that depression wave yeah. comes around it gets a little bit easier to sit in the depression when you know the last time you got through it in two hours Yes. Sitting it again, it gets a little easier. So. Moments like that for sure. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, it, it, it don't, you know, and the, how about using dreams? Did you have any using dreams? Oh, yet? I still have them so bad, you know, and I think, um, you know, like <clears throat> at the moment, because I'm still going through court, um, you know, even though I'm getting my home detention off, I'm not sentenced. Um, I'm getting a bail vary. So at the moment, I've got a lot of court cases going on and, you know, a lot of reliving the moments. You know, like some of it's drug driving, some of it's driving disqualified, you know, some of it is for my charges at the moment of the break and enter. And, you know, just reliving those things all the time. I find when I'm getting closer to court, I'm having like using dreams that are like a lot of trauma dreams, like where people are getting killed. And like, you know, I think that's just a lot of like, you know, the like my past coming up, you know, just like where there was bad situations and trauma situations and well, it's the fear. It's like almost like when you get closer to a court, it's like the fear of the unknown. So when yeah. you have fear of the unknown, then your subconscious is going to show you other fears. And, yeah. it, you know, when you're sleeping. So instead of us having nightmares of like a clown popping out at us, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're fucking using dreams. Those are our nightmares. You know, yeah. do you can you because I've heard different people say different things. So like. I've heard a lot of people say whenever they had a using dream, they never saw the person's face, you know what I mean? And they never got to do the drug. Yeah. And then no, for I... me, I saw my dealer's face. The last using dream I had, I saw his face. It yeah. Was like well, the same place it usually is. And yeah. I got the same drugs I usually get. And I did the drugs and I felt high in my dream. Well, and I woke I... up. I woke up like holy shit and actually yeah i can't be coincidence i was like a week away from nine months and i had a and i had a hearing oh wow so it's probably the same as what like yeah Yeah. because i had a hearing coming up on my nine month anniversary i had to go to court uh, for being arrested a month before i went to rehab because i had 20 (laughs) pills on me and oh yeah they watched me leave my dealers and they waited for me to be in a school zone and pulled me over there. So, you know, um, but either way I ended up, you know, a month that didn't stop me, you know, so a month later I went to rehab and I forgot all about that because I went to my first hearing like high as shit actually, now that I think about it. And then I was on the plane to LA and I was like, Oh fuck, I got court in two weeks. Like, I remembered it when I was on the plane. I'd been high every day. Yeah. So when I got there, my, you know, counselor or whatever contacted the court and was like, he's under our care. So you can't go after him because he's under hospital care, technically. Yeah. That would have helped as well if you caught. Like, that would have helped showing that you want to change. Well, actually, what's funny is when I got to court, uh, um, I didn't even talk about this. I I just did my story, actually. It comes out on my birthday on the 29th. And I don't think I talked about this. So I, when I went back to court, um, they said to me, like, you know, where's your lawyer? You got caught with 20 pills. Yeah. And an eighth of weed. You didn't have a medical card. You know, I have one now, but I didn't have one then. Um, yeah. You had an eighth of weed. You had paraphernalia. You had so many cut straws. Like, where's yeah. your where's your lawyer? Um, I was like, I don't have a lawyer. Oh, like, no. They're like, why not? I'm like, because I'm going to defend myself. I didn't. Like I, I did everything wrong. I was caught. Yeah. What's what's the lawyer gonna do for me? Yeah. And I was like, talk to the prosecutor, and they're like, uh, okay, you know what you're facing, right? You have a school zone with. I'm like, that's yeah. fine. Let me just talk to the prosecutor. And the prosecutor is like, so you don't want a lawyer? And I was like, 
no, it's okay. Like, you can give me drug court. Whatever you got to do, I'll do it. She was yeah. like, what? I was like, you can give me drug court. Today's my nine-month sober anniversary. Like, you know, I, I want to pass all your drug tests. It's completely yeah. fine. You can do yeah. whatever you got to do to me. I deserve it. I did it. I know what I did wrong. Um, she was like, oh, why? Wait, why are you taking so long to come back? Did you go to rehab? Did we ask you to go to rehab and you went to rehab? And I was like, actually, no. Um, <laughs> I kind of forgot about this. And then I was, you know, on my way to rehab and I remembered, but I didn't go there because of you guys. Honestly, this had nothing to do with it. Um, I wasn't done doing drugs when you guys arrested me. I went and bought more, you know, and I was still going for another three weeks before I went to rehab, honestly. So, no, you guys had nothing to do with me going to rehab. She was like, oh, um, like scratching her head. Like, that is the most honest answer anyone, like could have given me let me go talk to the judge and then came back she's like yet we're not going to put you in drug court because you're going to pass all the tests you actually want to be sober you went to rehab on your own we're going to give you 800 dollars in fines and let you go so so yeah i ended up getting charged with like misdemeanor having 20 unidentifiable blue pills and a green leaf substance and because i mean you know yeah it's definitely some of it's white privilege let's be real you know, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to, you know, if I was African-American, I would be so in jail. It, You know, let's yeah. be real. Yeah. So, especially with priors, like, because I did have priors for theft. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I did get lucky and it was some of that. And but it was also I was working a program and I was completely yeah. honest with them. And yeah. I told them, give me, throw the book at me. It's not going to matter. I'm going to pass all your tests. I'm going to stay sober. Yeah. They're like, why yeah. are we going to put you in the system? We're just wasting our time. You're just going to keep exactly. passing the and, you know, it could be Somebody that really needs it could be doing that. Exactly. That's basically what she was saying. Yeah. So, yeah that's how I celebrated nine, my nine months without a lawyer. Because yeah. yeah. a lawyer would have spent 10 grand and he would have told me, got me the same shit anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I would have exactly. given him 10 grand to find out the same information. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. So, like, when I know that I was just, he wasn't going to be able to help me only hurt me i was just like yeah i don't yeah. want a lawyer like yeah he might say it wrong i don't know yeah like, see, that's the one thing i don't like that frustrates me you know sometimes it's like i you know i wish sometimes i could just tell my story you know but i've been pretty lucky because i've had the same judge um for months now you know so he's actually seen me you know turning up on time looking respectful you know like he even said to me he's like you're not a you're not a criminal like you're not you know i don't want to have to put you back in jail you know so that's one positive thing that he said that um you know i feel like when it comes to court like i'm probably going to be okay like well you know but regardless even if i'm not you know like i've said to my mom if worse comes to worse if i do go back to jail like i don't of course i'll care about being away from my kids you know that's something different this time you know i love my kids i care about my kids but I was that fucked up when I first went in. Like I wasn't even comprehending what my kids were going through at that time. You know, when this time that would that would really affect me. But at the same time, I know I'm gonna come out better than what I did when I first went in anyways. You know, so like that's something I'm prepared for if that was to be a situation. Um, yeah, for sure. Like jail was a blessing in disguise for me. <clears throat> now, it have really- you started any kind of programs since like you were in and out, like AA yeah. or anything? Yeah, so I started NA. Okay. Um, you know, at the very start, when I first got out, I was like, this will look good for court, you know, but now I like live, breathe, fucking eat shit, everything NA, you know, like I, um, I'm so thankful for NA, you know, you can do NA 
or you can really do NA. You know, you can get it done and you can go to meetings and sit in a chair or you can do the 12-step program and you can change your life. You can find a new way to live. And that's one thing I'm so thankful for with NA. Like, this is where I went wrong every other time I tried to get clean. I didn't deal with the problem. I didn't deal with what was going on in my life. I didn't deal with the emotions and the trauma and the regret, you know, where NA is bringing all that up. Um, you know, after every step I do, I feel that little bit more free. Yeah. Like, it's it's such a hard feeling to explain. But, like, it's just so much more freedom. And, like, you know, just being so connected to my higher power now, I feel so much more connected. And, like, there's nothing in this life that I don't feel like I can't get through. You know, it's even – and now it's, like, even being – like, even my daughter obviously sees it and feels it because now she's even started having so much more faith. You know, like she she had her bum at school the other week and she had Olympics Day coming up, um, you know, and she's been panicking and panicking because she's like, what about my bum still on Olympics Day, you know? And I'm like, you'll be fine. We'll get through it. You know, and I started walking away and then all of a sudden she's like, well, we can pray for it. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, like just knowing that she has that faith and now she has those skills to have faith in a higher power to help her get through life situations you know it's a good feeling um For you sure. know even now yeah even like now and then my son he um you know like my kids have never been exposed to drugs you know they've never seen it they don't know what it is but sometimes you know when I'm feeling like I really need a meeting um you know like sometimes my son has sat in and been near me when I've been doing meetings and now it gets to the point where like he'll take us out with a serenity prayer you know he's only five but you know just so having cute. Yeah, you know, he will, he will do the whole, like, God, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, it's just a good feeling, you know, seeing my kids, not just have I changed, but, like, my kids have changed, you know. Like, my my kids have gone through a lot of trauma. I won't say what, um, but it's a very personal thing. But they went through a really, really hard time, um, you know, and our trust was broken. And my kids really struggled to, like, deal with their emotions and, with me just being off doing what I was doing, I couldn't even deal with my own emotions. Um, so, you know, obviously, how can I expect my kids to? Yeah. Um, but, you know, since getting clean, not it's only my, like, in my better, but it's all my kids, you know, like, they're completely different people, you know. Like, I love my kids, but when I got clean, I fell in love with my kids all over again, you know. Like, I, I felt that love and I felt that connection and, you know, just the last couple of months, like, they're completely different kids. They have no fear. They're, they're not scared anymore. Um, you know, they're happy. They're excited. They've got techniques of getting through their day, you know, and it's all because of the fact of me and my what I've been doing, you know. Um, it's just made our life just so much more better and our relationships so much better. And, like, you know, they've just gone through so much. And, you know, as a mum, letting go of the trauma and the shit that we've put them through... It's so hard to do, um, but, you know, if it's only been because of NA and having the steps and having the program, have I actually been able to let go? You know, I can actually talk about this now without crying. You know, I could never do that. Um, you know, like, I understand what I've put them through. I even understand what their life has been like, you know, for their whole life so far. They've only known an addiction mother, you know, but now they have the best version of me. And, you know, I'm going to make sure it stays that way. You know, every day I'm making amends to them just by staying clean. You know, like, I 
I'm not frustrated at them anymore. You know, they're not a burden. They're not in my way, you know, like, and it's, it's hard for me to say that, you know, no mum wants to admit that, you know, they push their kids away or that their kids were a burden to their lifestyle. And, but, you know, sometimes I need to say that out loud to remind myself of how bad of a mum I was. Um, I would say lost. Yeah. I would say lost of a mum. I wouldn't say bad. I would say <laughs> lost, you know, because, oh. you know, yeah. yeah. You know, you had them in situations that, you know, a lot of moms don't, but I wouldn't still say bad because you still had their intentions in mind. You know what I mean? So, like, I would say more like a lost mom, you know, that became a mom at a young age. You were, what, 18 and how old was the second one? 21, 22? Yeah, 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 spot on. So, you're, like, like, 27 now? Yeah, and, like, the way I think to myself is, like, when I first picked up, I was a kid. You know, so I've only ever known an addiction lifestyle. So now that I've stopped, I feel like I've had to take back off since being 15 years old again. That's what you it know, is. Like, your maturity yeah. level, it stopped right there and now it's starting yeah. all over again. And yeah. you're going to learn, you know, and you're just and you're just still like there's a little pink cloud right above your head right now. And it's adorable. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> like, you know, six months in that pink cloud is going strong. And yeah. the important thing is to stick with it, because when the pink cloud does break, because life does happen, and yes. it will. You just need to have the program, and need to have uh, a program, need to have support where you can feel comfortable going. Because most people will tell you they relapse in their head before they actually put a needle in their arm or before they sniff yes. something again. Yes. They'll relapse up here. They're gonna stop going to meetings. They're gonna stop calling sponsors. They're gonna just start disengaging from the program. Stop just calling friends from the program. And when you don't hear from them for like a week or two, you kind of know what's up. Yeah, like even just already being so early in recovery, like I've already seen that. Like <laughs> I've actually seen that happen already. You know, that exact what you're explaining, like I've witnessed that already with a couple people, you know. And these people, like it's scary because, you know, one of them had like two and a half years up, you know, and still got to that point. And, you know, one of my close friends, you know, he had like a good five or so years up you know, and he just, you know, he's done the same thing, stopped going to meetings, thought he could drink alcohol, you know, and all of a sudden it's back to square one, you know, like, and I'm, you know, it sucks that these things happen, but, you know, just like, I'm not thankful for people relapsing when they're at such a clean time, but sometimes it's good to hear it because it makes me realise how easy it is for that to happen, you know, like on nights where I don't feel like going to a meeting, I'm like, you know, my mum will even be like, nope, get ready you're going you know like because she knows that I feel so much better for it and you know like I know I need it too so like I need these things in place yeah I would say one they are teaching you lessons that you didn't want them to teach you yeah and (laughs) two those meetings that you don't want to go to that you begrudgingly go to are always the best meeting and you walk out there saying oh I needed that that's exactly what I needed (laughs) I do that every time. Like, my, that's what my mum pushes me to whenever I say, oh, I don't really feel like going, you know. Like, it's like it's the first share I hear will always be so relatable to what's going on at that time, you know. And I'll be like, oh, I'm so thankful I'm here, you know. <laughs> you forget all about – and it was just – it's not like you didn't want to go to the meeting. It was just like you didn't want to get up. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want to have to go anywhere. Especially because they're at night time, you know, and after being like a mum and doing, you know, mum duties and stuff, you know, it can be pretty – pretty hard to you know want to go out when you normally be getting in bed um you know but like I have a pretty good program at the moment like every morning you know I feel like to myself like I was I was actively using every single day all day 
so I'm going to put in recovery to my life every single day, all day, you know, like, so every morning I wake up, you know, I get the kids ready, get them to school. And then my first meeting starts at 9.30 in the morning normally, you know, like, so I will be straight away on a Zoom meeting every day, without a doubt. I don't care what the day is like. I could be out shopping and I've got my earphones in. I'm going to make sure I'm going to get that morning Zoom because then that's how the rest of my day is going to be set out. You know, like if I hear recovery as soon as I wake up, recovery is going to be in my day all day, you know. So, like, I do that. I do a meeting every single day. You know, I go to drug and alcohol counselling. I go to a face-to-face meeting once a week. Um, you know, I, I contact my sponsor, you know, and I I love the feeling, even though I'm so early in recovery and I don't have a whole lot to give to other people, but I love being open about my recovery. I like, even just on my Facebook stuff, you know, it was a pretty hard, a hard tablet to swallow, you know, with that whole pride and being open to what I've gone through and stuff, but you know, I, every day I would sell drugs. I would give people their first drug. I would be the person that would help contribute to them ruining their life, you know, whether it was me or somebody else, but, you know, deep down I know that I was part of that. So, you know, now being open about my recovery on my own social media, the amount of people that have contacted me and now the amount of people that I used to sell drugs to that come to NA or get on NA meetings now, you know, it's such a good feeling, um, you know, and I just, I love being able to now help other people, you know, like I've gone from being the most junkiest mother, like being, you know, literally like I was a junkie of a mother, like my decisions, my lifestyle, my parenting, my, you know, people coming in and out of the house, like I have literally gone from being a junkie doing break and enters, you know, across the road from my own house when my kids are asleep, like a full-blown junkie, to now, you know, a mum that, you know, no matter how bad it is, I'm getting through, you know, like I've been putting on weight. My life is so much healthier. My relationship's so much better, you know, with my kids and just my friends and my family, you know, my, I have good friends in my life, you know, like I have actual friends, you know, not just people that want something from me. Yeah, exactly. You know, but like, it's just, it's such a change and being able to like show people that it's such a good feeling, you know, because if I, I never heard about NA and I never saw people doing recovery in my life, you know, and never saw things on Facebook about recovery. So now being able to put that in and show other people that, you know, you can also do it. Like, it's just an amazing feeling being able to help yeah. others. Like, that's one thing that's really helping my recovery. You know, I've got a good program, helping other people, reminding myself every day what it used to be like, sitting in them uncomfortable feelings of, you know, dysfunctional or unorganized for that day. You know, I need those things in my life to remind me what it was like, you know, and I just, you know, I just, I'm like one thing I want to say as well, you know, I absolutely take my hat off to so many people that go into the rooms, go into recovery willingly, you know, like you're going to rehab willingly, you know, you've done that for you. Like I couldn't do that. You know, it literally took me going to jail to realise I needed to get clean. Yeah, and I just I take my heart up to so many people because it does happen. So many people these days do go get help. They do get into rehabs. They do go into the rooms, you know, just because they want to get help. They want to get their life better. And I just think that that's so amazing. Like I take my hat off to every single one of those people. Yeah, that's just something I couldn't do. Yeah, I mean, you get it when you get it. That's the most important thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't even feel bad about it. So like, and the best part is, is you're living it. You know what I mean? You're living your amends. You're you're doing it. You're doing the work. And you're showing others that the work can be done. So it doesn't yeah. matter if you have six months, because in six months, you can help somebody with five months. 
I was exactly. before, you know, so just keep on doing it, like, and keep yeah. on posting about it on Facebook, being open, you know, I'll let you know when this is up, it'll probably be like, yeah. time, like next week or this week, I have so yeah. many, but still, either way, I'll shoot you a message when it's going up, like, you yeah. see my posts every day, I have a new episode, yeah, so, I read, you know what I mean, in bed last night, and it's amazing, like, I just love hearing other people's stories, like, it's just such a good, yeah. Just knowing, you know, that there's other little junky mothers out there that were junkies once a time. <laughs> exactly. But That's thank like, I, you. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I got to do another meeting now. I got to go. I've been meeting in five minutes. So we're, yep, my yeah, last meeting of the I'm, day. Yeah. So, yep, I'm going to do mine. You're going to do yours. <laughs> yeah. and, but awesome. I appreciate you so much. And you're killing it. Keep doing what you're doing because you're on the right track. Yeah, trying. <laughs> thank you. I'll talk to you. All right, All right thanks. See ya. Bye. See ya.